Okay, we begin today in the Mishnah Kufmem Chesamet Beis Zok the Mishnah Maina Adam es Erchov. A person could count his guest, his parperosov, and the delicacies that he's serving. Mipiv only by mouth. Avoloimen Aksav. He shouldn't have it written on a paper and read from the paper who are my guests, where are my guests, and to make sure that he has all his guests invited. Uh, or the same thing also with the food that's being served for them. He shouldn't be reading from a paper that he wrote on it from before Shabbos. <coughs> we'll see the Gemara will explain why not, what the Pshat in this is. Mafis Adam Imbonov. A person could make a goidel. Uh, he casts a lot for the people, for, the, for his children. The people of his house. Alashulchan that are sitting by his table. If you're casting a lot just to give out the food for everybody and everyone's getting basically an equal amount of food, so there's no winner and loser. LMI, I don't know, some, some, some might want this, some might want that. So you're giving the same money for everybody, so then you can make a girdle. But if there's a winner and a loser, someone gets a large portion, someone gets a smaller portion, then you don't make this girdle on Shabbos. Umatilin chaloshin, you're allowed to throw these uh, goyrolis. Chaloshin, as we'll see in the Gemara, is another expression that's used for a goyrol. Ala kotchim biyamtif, regarding the kotchim on yamtif, that the kainim eat from the kotchim. Avaloy alamonis, not regarding the portions. It'll be explained in the Gemara, as we'll see. So the Gemara Kufmem test begins with explaining the pshat and this thing that a person is, is counting his guests or counting the delicacies that he's serving should only be counting it by mouth, and he should not be counting it with a document or paper that he wrote down before. My time, uh, what's the reason for this The gzayde here is that if he's reading from a paper, so then he may come to erase something that he wrote. When he sees that there's a certain guest that he doesn't have enough food for them, there's someone that he decides he doesn't want to invite, so he might want to erase them from the list. Rabbi says, that's not the reason. Rather, the reason is He might come to read He might come to read documents that are business-related documents. We had this before. The Gemara says on Shabbos, you're not allowed to read any business dealings, all kinds of things. There's, there's various different interpretations in Rishonim, what exactly is included in Shtariyadiyaitis. But it definitely includes all kinds of business dealings and all kinds of documents of what you borrowed and the money you owe and things like that. You're not allowed to read them on Shabbos. So they made Xayda not to write down and read these things over here as well regarding your guest list, not to come to read study at Yetis on Shabbos. My Benayo, what's the difference between these two reasons? The difference would be the cost of a kaisel. He has his guest list written on the wall or midly. It's written high up on the wall. He has it a place written high up on the wall. So now the question is, is he allowed to read that guest list from that place? If the issue is that he's going to erase it, we're not afraid that he's going to come to erase it. It's written in a place that's high up, that, he's not, that you can't reach to erase it easily. But according to the opinion that says that by reading this, he might come to read other things. He might come to read business things and study adiatis, chashinon, we still have that concern. That's the nafkimina. Frek the gemara, ulaman according to Rav Bivi, that says that the gzayde here is that he might come to erase this list. Why does he not hold of this concern that by reading your list, your guest list, you also might come to read other documents, you might come to read study adiatis and Shabbos. 
So another question here is, Are you going to tell me that in a case where you wrote it high up on the wall and it's not so easy to reach to erase, are you going to say that in such a case we're not concerned that it's going to erase it and therefore it's going to be allowed? Vatanya. We learned in a different b'raisa regarding a, su- a different subject as follows. You're not allowed in Shabbos to read to the light of a lamp because you might come to tamper with the, with the flame to fix it, that it should burn properly, you should get the light properly. We learned this before. Rabbi says, Even if that lamp is high up, so high that it's like two stories high. And even if it's so high, like the measurement of two ox goats, which is a certain measurement that they had then. And even if it's that height, or even if the source of this light comes from a lamp that's so high, like ten stories above him. Nevertheless, he shouldn't read from the light of this lamp. So what do we see over here? This is one of the sources where we see the concept that's known as loy plug. Once Chachamim make a takana that you shouldn't do something, and it's with a specific concern that you might come to do something, it doesn't matter. Even when that concern does not apply, like over here, you might tamper with the light, but when it's so high, there's no concern you're going to tamper with the light. Nevertheless, loy plug, the gzeda is still in place. <clears throat> so over here, the same thing should be true. If the gzeda is that you might come to erase your writing, even when it's written in a place that you're not going to come to erase it, nevertheless, the gzeda should still apply. So this can't be the difference between Rav Bivi and Abaya when you wrote it high up in a place that it's hard to erase. Elo says the Gemara, the difference between them would be the opposite. The cost of Mitzi. You wrote it on a wall, but you wrote it lower down. The opinion that says that you might come to erase part of your guest list. Chayshinon were afraid that because you wrote it in the place where you could erase it, you might erase it. Truth is, according to this mandama, as the Gemara just said, whether it was high up, whether it was low down, that gzeda would still be in place. Tasis points this out. It wasn't necessary for the Gemara to say that it was low down. According to the opinion that says that by reading your guest list, you might come to read other documents, study at the Yaitis, we're not chayshish in such a case. Why not? Reading something off the wall is not something that a person would forget in exchange with reading documents. So there's no gzeda that you're going to come to read a document. So in this case, Abayi would be mekel and say that it's allowed. So now the Gemara asks the question the other way around. According to Abayi that says that the reason is that you might come to read Shtar Yadiyaitis. Why is he not concerned of the fact that a person reading his writing, his guest list on Shabbos, might come to erase one of the guests of the list? Elo says the Gemara, so the Gemara now tries a third difference, a third nafkimini between Rav Bivi and Abaya. The Chayik Atavla Apinkis, a case where the person engraved the names of his guests into a tablet or a board. So over here, the Gemara explains that there would be a nafkimina. The opinion that says that we're concerned that he might erase a name from the list, like Hashino, we're not concerned. It's engraved, it's very difficult to erase, so he's, he's going to remember, he's not going to erase this in Shabbos. The opinion that says that you shouldn't read from it, because you might come to read Shtari Adyaitis, Cheshinon. If you're reading from this guest list, you also might come to read other documents, so we are concerned. Frek the Gemara, the Gemara still persists again and says, Rav Bivi that says the Gzeda is that you might come to erase the names. Why is he not concerned with the fact that you might come to read Shtari Adyaitis? 
Now, if you're going to argue and say, Tavle Similar to what we said before, if you have writing on a wall and you're reading from a wall, people do not exchange reading from the wall with reading documents. Maybe you could say the same thing. People do not exchange reading from a tablet or reading from a board with reading a document on a piece of paper. So therefore, there's no gzeda in that case. But the Gemara says it's not true. But Tanya, we learned in Abraise, a person can be counting on Shabbos' guest. And he's counting how many guests are going to sit in the inside room, how many guests are going to be sitting in the outside room. And he also makes a cheshben, he counts what exactly are the amount of portions that he's going to be serving them. But he could only read it, if he's going to be reading it and writing, it's only from a writing on the wall. He should not read if he wrote it on a tablet or a board. So we see that writing it on a tablet and a board, reading it from there is a problem. So the Gemara now explains, Hey what are we talking about over here? If you're going to say the case over here is that he wrote it with ink, he wrote it regularly, he wrote it onto a board or on a tablet. So why are we saying, what difference is there if you wrote it on the wall or if you wrote it on a tablet? Either way, if you wrote it, there should be a concern that you will come to erase it by reading it and noticing that there's a mistake you made, one guest you don't want to come, or something you planned on serving you're not going to be serving. Either way, he might come to erase it. What difference does it make if he wrote it on a wall or he wrote it on a tablet? Elolav, so Elamai, what's the pshat over here? The chayik. He engraved it on the tablet. The ketoni, and what does it say? If you engraved it on the wall, so then it's not a problem. But if you write it on a board or a tablet, then you're not allowed. Why? Because when you write it on a tablet, if you read that, you might come to read You might come to read other documents. So I see from here that writing it on a tablet cannot be used as an afkemina between an afbivi and abaya. Either way, there's an issue. Whether you write it on, whether the reason is that you might come to erase it on a tablet, you might come to erase it. If the issue is that you might come to read it, you also might come to read other. Uh, you might come to read other shtari hadiyotis. So that can't be the nafkimina. Okay. Again, let me clarify that. If you wrote it on a tablet, there's actually no concern that you're going to come to erase it because you engraved it. We're talking about a year of a case that a person that engraved it, engraving, we're not concerned he's going to erase it because it's hard to erase. He's going to remember before he erases it. But there definitely should be a concern that if he's reading off a tablet, that he's going to read other study adyatis or read other documents. And that should be a concern of Kula Alma. The Gemara's question is, why would there be an argument about that? Shouldn't everybody agree that he's going to come to read from other documents? Ella, so after all of this, the Gemara goes back to the original pshat that we said before. The case over here is that he wrote it on a wall and it's higher up. So as Rashi explains the Pshat and the Gemara over here, after the whole discussion we had over here, the emiss is that when a person writes something on the wall, we, a person does not confuse what's written on the wall to, what's, to a document that he's writing in a piece of paper. So really, there's no reason to be concerned that if you read something from a wall, that the person would come to read a document. And the same thing also, if a person is engraving something, we're not afraid that he's going to come to erase it, because if it's engraved, we're not, we're not afraid that he's going to erase it. And over here, in this case, the Gemara is saying now that he wrote it on a wall very high up. There's really no concern that he's going to erase it. It's very high up. 
But still, there's a machlaikis here between Rabbi and Abaya. What's the machlaikis? And your question was the Rabbah. The Rabbah told us that once you make a even in a case where the gzayda does not apply, the gzayda is left in place. This is the concept of loy plug, as we had before regarding the lamp. The Rabbah tanoihi. This chiddush of Rabbah, that even when the gzayda does not apply, the gzayda remains in place, that's actually a machlaikis tanoim. The Tanya, we learned in Abraise, a person could be counting his guest and the food that he's going to be serving by mouth, but he should not read it from a ksav, he shouldn't read it from a paper. Rabache allows to read it from something that you wrote. If it's miksav, if you wrote it on the wall, then Rabache allows it. So now when Rab Ache said it's allowed, what case was Rab Ache speaking about? If you're going to say it's written on the wall, lower down, there should be a concern that he's going to erase it. Why would Rab Ache argue with the Tanakhana? Why shouldn't you be allowed to, to, to read it from the... Why should you be allowed to read it if it's lower down on the wall in a place where it's easy to erase? El alav de kosav umidli. The case over here is he wrote it on the wall, he wrote it higher up in a place that it's not so easy to erase. So here's the machloikis between Rav Acha and the Tanakame, whether we're going to make the Gzeda in such a case that the person is going, uh, the, even though there's no actual ability for the person to erase it, do we still keep the Gzeda in place? Correct. True, true, but it's not easy to get there. And therefore, we're not choshish that he's going to go erase it. When he wrote it, he had a ladder and he was able to go up there and erase it. For him to write it, for him not to go and erase it, he's going to have to go and get that ladder and climb up there. Now he doesn't have that ladder, or he's going to have to go and get that ladder. So therefore, Rav Acha says, the Gzeda doesn't apply in this case. So we see over here in this Braise that it's clearly a machlekes tanoim, whether we make the Gzeda even in a case where the reason for the Gzeda doesn't apply, whether this Indian of loy plug, whether we use this concept of loy plug over here or not. So therefore, the same machlekes applies over here between Rav, Be- Rav-, Rav Bivi and, Ab- and Abaya as well. Rav Bivi said, Gzeda Shema Yimchaik, even when it's written high up, because Rav Bivi held that, that, that we always apply the Gzeda that he might erase it, even in a case where he can't actually erase it, like Rabbah. And Abaya said, because Abaya holds that, no, that is in certain cases where it's high up and you can't apply it, so the Gzeda doesn't apply. We don't say the concept of loy plug. That's Rashi's Pshat in the Gemara. Now the Gemara brings another case. So, so we see that with the statement of Rabbah, of loy plug, is a machlekes tanoim shmamino. We see that point here. Gemara brings another example where we see this concept of loy plug, whether we say that once Chachamim made a gzede, that they keep it in place, even when the reason of the gzede doesn't apply. So that's a machlekes tanoim. Vahani tanoi, the argument over here amongst these tanoim, kahani tanoi, is also a machlekes of other tanoim as well. The tanya we learned in Abraisem. Before I go weiter, let me just conclude the Gemara that we learned before, Benigayat, to not reading off a writing. The Alter Rebbe brings that today we're not makped on this. The Alter Rebbe there is Malamitzchus. Why today we're not makpid on this? The Alter Rebbe over there actually says, for example, you have um, a gabai in a shul and he has aliyas that he has to give out and he has written before the list of the aliyas that he has to give out. He says we're not makpid on this today and he gives over there a limutzchus. I'm trying to remember another reason. I saw this yesterday. The Alter Rebbe explains it's brought in the Paiskim already. The Ramah, I think, or the Magen Avram that says that today we read even from Aksav. But, uh, we have people that put paper clips of how many people 
Paper clips. Okay, so paper clips is your your um, it's written from before, and you're just making a simon how much. But I'm talking about actually reading off a list, off a list of, of giving out aliyah, so maybe even a list of a menu as well, and things like that. Shabbatach. That's what I'm talking about exactly. So the Alter Rebbe says we're not makbir on this today. So Today, you have other Amiroim, or other Tanoim, that is, that hold like the previous Tanoim. The Tanya, we learned in Abraisa as follows. You're not allowed to look into a mirror on Shabbos. It's the opinion of the Tanakama. Rav Meir, Rav Meir says it's allowed. When? If the mirror is affixed to the wall, then it's allowed. So the Gemara first wants to understand what the Pshad and the Smachlaikis here is. Maishna kavua what's the what's the reason why Rav Meir says that it's allowed if it's in the wall, if it's fixed to the wall? So the, the, the basis of this isra to look into the mirror is that if a person looks into the mirror and he notices that there's a hair that's too long that he wants to cut off, he might come to cut off a hair on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, so then why is Rav Meir Mate to look into a mirror that's fixed to the wall? Because you have the mirror fixed into the wall in one place and you notice it here and then you're going to have to walk and get your scissor to be able to cut off that here. You walk and you come back. By the time you walk and come back, you remember it's Shabbos and you won't come to cut that here. If so, shouldn't we apply similarly regarding a mirror that's not fixed to the wall? Until he gets a scissor and he's going to cut off the here, he'll remember that it's Shabbos. Even if it's true that that mirror he doesn't necessarily have it in one location, so it might not be such a long distance to go and get his uh, scissor to cut off his hair, but still, shouldn't it be enough of a time for a person to remember not to cut off his hair on Shabbos? So what's the basis of the Machlaikis here? Zakdigamare, no, there's a different Pshari. It's not about the fact that he has time to remember. Ha ha, the Pshari of the Machlaikis here is, Bimara talking about a mirror that's made of metal, that has a sharp end, why are you not allowed to look into a mirror that's made from metal that has a sharp end? Because the person might take the very mirror itself and use certain hairs that are hanging out that he doesn't want and cut it off with this mirror itself. If it's a sharp thing, so he could, you could use the mirror itself so he doesn't even have to go and get any other scissor. That's why it's not allowed. So what was, uh, what was Reb Meir saying? Reb Meir was saying, if, but if that metal mirror is affixed into the wall, so he can't use the, the metal itself to cut off any hairs. So therefore it's allowed. So here we see, what does the Tanakama hold? Even though it's fixed into the wall, and the person can't move it, and he won't be able to cut off hairs with it, nevertheless, loy plug. We don't make a distinction in the Gzeda. The Gzeda still applies. So here we see another example where there's a machlekes between the Tanakam and Rab Meir, whether we apply the concept of Loiplog. Tanerabanon, we learned in another b'raise as follows. We're going, going back to the point of not reading writings on Shabbos. Ksav hamahalach. When you have writings under, under a picture that was made, like some kind of a caption under a picture, under other forms of faces and things that a person drew. drew. This is also part of the Xayda that you're not allowed to read on Shabbos in order not to erase or not to come to read the reasons that we said before. And then the Gimbraisa adds, and forms, seeing pictures of forms of faces, even during the week, you're not allowed to look at this. Do not look to a lilim, which refers to Avedizara. What's the pshat of this limo? Do not look to Avedizara, and therefore you're not allowed to look at faces. 
Do not look at these forms that people make with their own imagination. This is something that you shouldn't look at. So the Gemara over here is saying that you're not allowed to look at forms of faces that people are drawing. So there's a Machlekes Rishayim about this. Some Rishayim say that this refers to any form of a face you shouldn't be looking at. But it only refers to that when you gaze at it, not when you see it, not when you stand look at it. That's, that's one opinion Rishayim. However, Teisvis and the Rosh and the Psakdin, it says over here is that this only refers to faces that are made L'Shem Avedizara. But if it's not made for beauty's sake, any face that's drawn for beauty's sake, you're allowed, you're allowed to look at it. It's not a problem. Huh? Any paintings, yeah, correct, it's not a problem at all. Specifically, I have a desire. Okay, it's a good question. How about Dakas Asura? Right. Oh, it's Sura, right? Hmm? Oh, the Yukna Atzma, and then it says, the Yukna. The Yukna Atzma Afbochoy Lasser, right? Because it's made for Ave Desada. Yeah. Okay, so Taisa says it only goes on Ave Desada. Taisa brings a raya from the Gemara Ave Desada for this. Okay. Zakta Gemara, the next thing in the Mishnah was to making a goyrel on Shabbos. Mafis Adam in Banavachulu, you can make a goyrel with your children, with the people by your table on Shabbos. Right? But so the Gemara now is Madaik. In Banav, Vim Bnei in. You're allowed to make a goyrel for your children or for the people by your table. But in Acher to make a goyrel for other people, you're not allowed to make a goyrel on Shabbos. Why not? What's the issue of making a goyrel on Shabbos? Which is something which is very practical. A lot of times you have children's programs. And you want to make a goyrel to give out a prize, even if you're giving out the prize after Shabbos, you don't, you're not allowed to make a goyrel on Shabbos, as we see right here. My time, what's the reason? You have people of a group that are particular one with the other, and they share things, or they, uh, they're uh, exchanging things. They could transgress the Isra on Shabbos of not measuring things. On Shabbos you're not supposed to measure things to size because it's Uvn Dechayel, it's mundane activity. And the same thing with Shum Mishkal, to weigh things, Mishum Minyan, to count things out. When you're giving things out and you're counting out a specific amount of how much you're giving, I'm giving you a hundred for a dollar, forty for a dollar, thirty, if you're counting out a certain amount you're not supposed to count. Like we learned, this is the beginning of this Patek, it says you're not allowed to borrow and lend things, the yantiv and yantiv. So if you have people that are stam in a group and they're eating together and they're sharing and they're not particular, so then they share with one another. They're not counting, they're not weighing, they're not measuring. But if they are particular, so then this is not allowed in yantiv. Yeah, it's not, a, it's, um, okay, I'm not, I don't know, uh, it's not making a goyrel, mamash. We're talking over here about making a goyrel. So the Gemara says, by b'nei chabura that are makpidim zelzeh, there's this issue. And the same thing also, when you make a goyrel, and you're giving out based on the goyrel, a larger size, a smaller size, you get bigger, you get smaller, so you end up weighing, measuring, counting, so this could be an issue. And also, there's another issue. Bechlal ben Egei and I is going back over here to the groups of people that are, that are sharing with each other and they're sort of borrowing and lending from each other the food. So there's another issue and that is the Kedivrei Hillel. Hillel says, Af mishum ribis. There can be an issue of ribis, which was in the blat before. The Gemara there says that if you lend a loaf of bread and it has one value today and you pay back the same loaf of bread tomorrow and tomorrow the value of the loaf of bread goes up, so it's ribis, you're paying back more than what you borrowed. That's the pshat in our Mishnah. That's why you don't make this, uh, this goyrel on Shabbos. So, 
So this gzeda should apply even for the people of your own household, your own children and people by your table as well. If they're particular, so then you should have this issue of making this gaidel on Shabbos. And for the Gemara, the reason why with your own children, with the people by, the, by your table, this is not an issue. You're allowed to lend money to your children, to the people in your own family with ribis. And why is a person doing this? If you want to educate them, you want to show them and give them a taste of ribis to feel what it means that you borrow one amount and you have to pay back more. So for, an edu- for educational purposes, you're allowed to lend with ribis to the people of your house. What's the reason? So Rashi explains, the reason is because it's really all your money. You're just doing it for educational purposes. The people of your family, you're supporting them. Whatever you're giving them is your money. So you're not really lending it to anybody and they're not really paying it back to anybody. It's all within your pocket. So the same thing over here regarding what it says in the Mishnah, you're making a geirel, you're giving to one one amount or one another amount. There's no issue of you coming to measure it and to count it and whatever because you're not, you're not really giving it away, you're not lending it, you're not getting anything back. It's all, it's all yours, it's all within your own family. So therefore it's not an issue at all. So if that's the case, if so, if you have a large portion that you give one person in a geirel, against the smaller portion for the loser, that he gets a smaller portion, this also shouldn't be a problem. Why, what did it say in the mission? Within your own family you can make a geidel, but not if it's a larger portion against a smaller portion. What's the difference? Why should that be a problem? So the Gemara says, you're right. That's true. There's missing in the Mishnah and Vahachi Katani. This is how you have to learn the Mishnah. A person can make a geidel with the people, with his household, by his table. Including if you're making a geidel where you're giving a, a larger portion for the winner and a smaller portion for the loser. My timer, what's the reason? As we quoted before, because you're not giving it away to anybody. It's all part of your own pocket. It's all part of the people and your family that you're supporting. But now, we're Medaic from the Mishnah. It's all from the, for the people from your own family. But but to make a geidel and you give a larger portion to the winner and a smaller portion for the loser, that's not allowed. What's the reason? Why is it not allowed? This is according to Rav Yudah Mashmul that we said before, because you come to measure, you come to count, you come to weigh, so therefore it's not allowed. Now the Gemara adds, When you make this raffle, you make this geidel, and you give the loser a smaller portion and the winner a larger portion, even during the week, if it's for others, not in your family, you're never allowed to make this raffle, why not? My time, the reason is Mishum Kubya, because this is gambling. Gambling is something Rashi says is also because of Gzela. Because when people are gambling, they're never expecting to lose. They want to win. And when you lose and you give away a larger portion for someone else, you don't really give it away willingly. You're upset that you didn't get it. So therefore it's Me'ain, even though there's an agreement, this is the game, it's a gambling, whatever. But it's Me'ain Gzela, it's also because it's similar to Gzela. So therefore this shouldn't be done gambling even during the week. Okay, the next thing that it said in the Mishnah was Benigaya to. Yeah, that's before. The Gemara brought up ribis. Correct. That's true. The Gemara before brought ribis. It's even during the week, yeah. The Gemara now goes to the next thing of the Mishnah, which was talking about the Kayanim. The Kayanim also make a geirel. 
Matilin Chaloshin Al Vachulu, the Kayanim could make the Gaidel for their portions, for what for their Kachim, but it said Loy Alamonois, not on their portions. What does this mean? My Loy Alamonois. What does it mean that they don't make a Gaidel for their portions? If you said that they make a Gaidel for the Kachim, so what does it mean but they don't make a Gaidel for the portions? Amr Avyakib Rede Bas Yaakov, Ava Loy Alamonois means Loy Alamonois Shalchoil, Biyamtif. They can make a Gaidel for the Karbanis of the day of Yamtif itself, because they couldn't make the Gaidel before. But if you have the portions from yesterday, you don't make the Gaidel and Shabbos for the portions of yesterday. This should be, this is obvious. If you could have made it yesterday, so then why should you make a Gaidel on the Yantif for something that could have been made yesterday? Answers the Gemara, I would think that this is something that's very necessary to make on Yantif. Since it says over there about the Kayanim, your nation is like the Kayanim that quarrel with each other. They fight with each other. So they have a nature of getting into these arguments and fights over their portions of the Kachim. So I, think, I would think you would allow them to make a Gaidel even for the portions during the week as well. So therefore the Mishnah teaches me that they can't make the Gaidel for the portions of during the week. Rabbi Yaakov, the daughter of the son of Yaakov, said something else. This is a completely different subject, which the Gemara brings. It was said by the same person. If somebody, his friend, is punished through him, what does this mean? Let's say you were a victim from somebody. Somebody did you something wrong. And now you dive into the Ebishter that Ebishter should punish this individual. So he rightfully deserves that punishment. But if you're the cause of your friend being punished, so then... So you, this person, will also not be allowed within the Eibishter's Mechitza, within the Eibishter's presence. Even though the other person deserved the punishment. But if you're the one that causes the other person should be punished, the Eibishter doesn't want you to be within his presence. Minolan. Where do we see this from? If you're going to say, you see this from a story that it says regarding Achav. Achav was a king that was a Russia. One of the things that Achav did was, there was an individual by the name of Nevois. And Nevois had a beautiful vineyard, and Achav wanted to have the vineyard. So what did Achav do? He orchestrated Nevois to be killed, and then he took his vineyard. So the Pasuk there says, as follows, The Chsiv, Vayemir Hashem. The Ebishter says, Mi Yiftes Achav. Who's going to go and persuade Achav? Vial, Vyipol, Beromas Gilad. He should go out into a battle in Romas Gilad, and there he'll fall in the battle, he'll die in the battle. Vayemir there were different spirits that came and responded to the Ebishter with different ideas. And one spirit came out, and as the Gemara will say, this was the spirit of Nevois. And he said, And he stood in front of the Ebishter, I will go and appear to Achav and persuade him to go out into battle to be killed. And I will go and, and convince him to go out. And I'll tell him you'll be able to be victorious. Say, go out into battle. And do go, go into the battle and he'll get killed. Who was this spirit that's telling, that's speaking to the Ebishter that I'll go and speak to Achav? Who was this spirit? This was the Ruach of Nevois. He wanted to take revenge of Achav that killed him, so he wanted to go and persuade Achav to go out into battle and to be killed. Or might say, the Pasuk there says, Seva say Cain. The Ebishter tells him, go out and do this. Rav, Rav says, The Ebishter says, if you're going to do this, go out from my mechitza, go out from my presence. So what do you see over here? 
even though what this spirit of Nevais is doing is something that Achav deserved. Achav killed him. And now he wants to take Nekama, he wants to make that uh, cause that Achav should be killed. Nevertheless, if you're going to cause this, says the Eibishter, you leave my presence. So here we see that if you cause a punishment for someone else, even in a case where the other person deserves it, you yourself have to leave the Eibishter's presence. No, this is not a Raya. The reason why the Eibishter wants him to leave his presence, it's another thing. Because it says there, If you speak falsehood, if you speak lies, so then you can't stand in the Abish's presence. Over there, he's going to go tell Achav a prophecy which is a lie. That he's going to be victorious in the battle and really he's going to die in the battle. So maybe over there, the reason why he has to leave the Abish's presence is because of the lie. There's another raya. This is a raya from Nebuchadnezzar. This is a very despicable story about Nebuchadnezzar where he had a very terrible custom. The Gemara is going to bring up the whole story soon. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a custom that he would seduce all the different kings and all the different prominent individuals that were under his rulership to come and have relations with him, Mishkov Zohar, to have different male kings to have relations with him. He would make big parties and then he would have relations with them. And so one of the cases over here was with Tzitkiyo Amelech, he wanted to also seduce him into having this kind of relations. So what does it say in the Pasuk about this? Where am I over here? So what do we see in the Pasuk? It says, the Ebesha didn't allow him to do this to Tzitkiyo. What does it say? Instead, you became very, very embarrassed. Instead of having honor. The Gemara soon will say the story of what happened. And therefore it says, You should drink. What does this mean? That... So the Gemara Taishas, who is it referring to when it says that you got all the disgrace instead of honor? This refers to Nebuchadnezzar. And you should drink. And also the Oral, who is this Oral referring to? The, the uncircumcised one. This refers to Tzitkiah. The Pasuk here refers to Tzitkiah as an Oral. Why? Because Tzitkiah brought about that Nebuchadnezzar was punished. As we'll see soon, Nebuchadnezzar himself was punished and got very embarrassed in this case. So therefore, Tzitkiah himself is referred to as an oral. What do we see from, here, from this? Even though Nebuchadnezzar deserved this punishment. But yet, because Tzitkiah brought about this punishment on Nebuchadnezzar, he himself is referred to as an oral. So therefore, I see that if you cause somebody else to be punished, you yourself are removed from the Abish's presence. So much so that in this case, Tzitkiah is referred to as an oral. That's the source where we see this concept. So the Gemara does not accept this. Frek the Gemara. One question on this. This entire Pasik is talking about Nebuchadnezzar. It's not talking about Tzitkiah. The way to read this Pasik is not that Tzitkiah is the Orel. That's how you're supposed to read this Pasik. Meaning that Nebuchadnezzar became an Orel. The Gemara will soon explain what that means. Nebuchadnezzar, the, his foreskin, the oral, we'll see soon, the Gemara will explain it. So it's not talking about Sitkiah at all. So you can't dash in the Pasuk this way. That's one question. Another question is, What should Sitkiah the Tzaddik do? It's not something that was his fault. Nebuchadnezzar was forcing him into this. And the Eibishter, the Eibishter is the one that made this nest and saved Sitkiah from this. Sitkiah didn't do anything for this. So why should he be punished for this? It was not his fault at all and he didn't do anything for this at all. 
So now the Gemara brings over here the story. When this Rasha wanted to go and seduce Tzitkiyeh into this relationship with him, so v'chulu, the Ebishter cause, we'll see the end, the end of the story is coming soon in the Gemara, what happened. So but Tzitkiyeh wasn't at fault at all. So this is not a good source for this concept. Elo, the Gemara says, there's a Pasuk that says, Gam anoish l'tzadik loy toiv. There's a punishment for a tzaddik for the not good. What is this referring to? Ein loy toiv el ra. Loy toiv is ra. When a tzaddik causes somebody else something that's loy toiv, even if that person deserves it, it's ra, it's evil, and the Ebesha is then he's removed from the Ebesha's presence. Oksiv, the Pasuk says, ki loy keil chofetz resha. The Ebesha does not want to be with wickedness. Ato loy yagur ra. You do not dwell together with evil. Tzaddik ato Hashem v'le yagur bim gur ra. Abisha does not want to dwell with evil. So this even refers to a tzaddik that brings about something that's not good in somebody else. Abisha does not want to dwell with him. This is the source. Now the Gemara comes back to the story of Nebuchadnezzar. And interestingly, the Gemara actually connects it to the Lashon that it said in the Mishnah regarding a geidel. What do we call a geidel in our Mishnah? The geidel that the Kayanim made? Chaloshim. So the Gemara brings a postic where you find this term used by Nebuchadnezzar. My mashma the high chaloshim lishnu the purahu. Where do we, what, what's the term chaloshim that it means a a a, a lot a, a geidel? Chsev it says by Nevuchadnezzar eich nafalta mishamayim. The Ebrisha says in Nevuchadnezzar, how did you fall down from your high place from heaven? He was a, he was a king that ruled over the whole world. How did you fall down? Hill ben Shachar he was shining in the morning. Nigdat alaretz you were cut down all the way to the ground. Chaylish al goyim v'goyim the one that threw lots upon goyim. So we see this term chaylish is used for a geidel. Now the Gemara says, what was, this, what was the geidel that Nebuchadnezzar made? He would throw a lot on the, on the kings that were under his rulership. He would, he would make these parties and he, these different kings, he would have relations with, with them. That was a lot that Nebuchadnezzar was making. Uksiv, there's another passage that it says, Kal malche goyim kulam. All of the kings of the world, the conclusion of that passage is, Shachvu bekoved ish bebeisai. They were able to sleep in their house and they're in honor. Amar av yechenen shenachu mimishkav zacher. After Nebuchadnezzar died, they didn't have to be exposed anymore to this mishkav zacher of Nebuchadnezzar. Amar av yechenen kal yamav shaleisai rasha lenimtsis chayk bepek kal beria. All the lifetime of this Rosh of Nebuchadnezzar, nobody could smile because he was such a, a terrible king that oppressed everybody. After he died, so everybody calmed down and they all were able to sing. Until the point that he died, they were, there was no singing, there was, there was no happiness at all. You're not allowed to go and be and stand in that place of the palace where Nebuchadnezzar's palace was. The Seirim, the Shadim that are dancing there. So now here the Gemara brings the point that it mentioned before. What happened when Nebuchadnezzar wanted to do the same thing that he did to all the other kings? When he seduced them into a uh, relation with him, Mishkav Zachar, he wanted to do the Tzitzitkiyah, what happened? The Ebishter extended his Arla, the foreskin, 
300 Amis, the entire party he made, he got embarrassed by his Arla being extended and going around the entire party. Shenemah, the Pasuk, as we quoted before, Savata Kolein, that he became disgraced, Mikovit, instead of having honor. Shesei Gamato, you should drink as well, Vehei Oril, and you will become an Oril. So that's how we read the Pasuk, not Vehei Oril, you became an Oril. Oril, Begamatriya Shloishmeis Hava. The word Oral is Gematria 300, so that's the Einish that he had, that is his Arelus, uh, his foreskin was extended 300 Amas. David didn't allow him to do this at Tzitkiah. When the Vichatnetzah came to the Gehenim, there was a big commotion in Gehenim. Omru, they said, Is he coming to rule upon us over here in Gehenim as well? Or he's going to be weakened over here in Gehenim like us as well. Shenema, the Pasik says, Are you coming to be weakened like us? Or Are you coming to rule on us? So Abbasco went out and said, From who are you more beautiful? Go down and lie together with all the uncircumcised ones. Once he was in Gehenim, he had no rulership whatsoever. The Pasuk says regarding the Vuchadnezar and the whole kingdom of Bavel, Eich Shavas Neiges. How did it cease the, the, the oppression of Bavel? Shavsa Medava. And it stopped Medava. The Gemara now will explain what this word Medava means. Madheva. Madheva means the gold from Bavel. So the whole, the whole empire of Bavel, the whole Babylonian empire fell. This empire, this nation has been, has been seized from existence. What kind of empire was it? This was an empire that would say, Measure money, measure your gold and silver and bring it to us. They were so powerful that everyone would bring them gifts. Others say, Whatever you have, everything, whatever you have, bring to us. Without any measurement whatsoever. So that's the word Madheva. Madheva is a combination of these two words, or That's how powerful they were and they fell. This great empire fell. Another Pasuk where it says about Nebuchadnezzar, An added greatness you have given me. This is a story, the story about Nebuchadnezzar, this is in Nebu and Daniel, where they wish to punish Nebuchadnezzar that for seven years he had to live like an animal. And then after those seven years, they wish to brought him back to his kingdom. And it says that they wish to gave him an added greatness. What was this added greatness? When he came back to his kingdom, he was riding on a lion, on a male lion. And he tied a snake to its head. Rashi says two interpretations of what happened. Either he tied a snake to the lion's head and he used the snake as, a, as reins to ride on this lion. Or he tied the snake to his own head. That's how powerful he was. That he was able to, that, that this was part of the Nevuah there. That, he was, that after he came back he was able to rule even over the animals. To fulfill the Ebesh's Nevuah. That the gives that he will be able to rule even over the beasts in the, in the land. That's the Nebuah that was fulfilled regarding uh, Nebuchadnezzar. He was all in all to be able to be able to rule, to be able to uh, make the Chorban Beis HaMikdash. The Gemara says that the Chorban Beis HaMikdash should happen to a, to a great individual. It shouldn't, shouldn't be destroyed by Stam if it's uh, nobody. But it's, it's all that it should be come to such a great individual. Yeah, okay. Simon Bataif. Okay. <laughs>